The Painted Arrow Podcast, committed to taking you beyond the pursuit. Tated the camera a little bit better. Um, put in, I put in a more pronounced mock scrape right there, and I broke off a branch just slightly that's hanging down exactly where he was sniffing. That's going to be a money spot. It's right at the end of the yaw. It's the south end of the food plot. How old do you think he is? Um, well, here's what I want. The, the, the picture where his nose is up in the air, I want you to zoom in on that one for me. Okay. Look at not the main beam, but the other tine on his right side. Yep. That's long. He looks pretty wide. He does look pretty wide. And then the other picture, you can't really get a whole lot of an idea because it's just a blur. But he looks tall relative to his ear because that's really all you have to go off of. You know what I mean? Did you angle that camera a little bit differently? Yeah, I I moved it farther towards the left where he would have, like, under that scrape now. Because I was trying to get part of the scrape in the camera and also, like, the back. But, but based on the pictures I just saw, there's not a lot of traffic along that back edge. So I just rotated it to be fully on the scrape. Right. And then I'm going to, I'm going to pick up a couple more cameras from Menards today. Cause I got a gift card and I'm going to put some more cameras. Cause there was a couple pictures on this camera where I could see a whole bunch of deer at the North end of the food plot. And I don't have any camera there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to grab a couple cameras, um, today, I think, and put, I might put one on each corner of the North, North end of the food plot looking in and today is september 13th yeah today's a big day because this is like the first halfway decent buck that i would target and like like you and i were just saying you can't really tell he looks pretty good and wide and the other picture tells me he's pretty tall so other than that i don't have a ton to go off of but i would say from a quick glance i don't think it's a two and a half year old deer i think he's probably at least three and um that's what I'm after in Michigan is three and a half year old deer. He's wide. Or better. He, he's wide, he's wide. for me. Yeah. He's a wide deer and he's got good height. I mean, look at, so the second picture where you only can get a glimpse of him, mm-hmm. look at the height of his, like that whole antler antler relative to the ear. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a mature deer. Yeah. I think he's pretty mature. I don't, I, again, we don't have, we have two pictures to go off of and it's the fact one that o'clock that, in the morning. Yeah. I was going to say the fact that that photo was taken at one o'clock in the morning tells me he's not betting anywhere near there though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But they're in that really big transition phase right now. This was, uh, this was on the fifth. So this was nearly what eight days ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're in that really unique phase where, um, where they were potentially summering. Like yeah. you're starting to see beans drying up, corn's producing, like their patterns are changing. My food plot's just finally coming up and producing. Like you walk around the outside of it and there's browse pressure everywhere. So I think they're just finding the food plot. It's coming in enough to actually provide some food for them. The food they've been feeding on all summer is potentially, you know, talking about beans is drying up, getting ready to be harvested. So there's just a lot changing right now. So. I would agree with you that based on the time of the picture, he probably isn't bedding right on the food plot, but that doesn't mean that um, where he's going to be bedding here in another couple weeks um, doesn't change from where he's been all summer. So if you're listening, um, what Devin's referring to is just before we clicked record here, uh, Devin was out in the Crickwoods. He moved a camera and he checked that camera 
and this is the first, um, what would you call it? First mature target, target buck. buck. Yeah. Yeah. That we've, uh, that he's gotten on camera and it's a good buck. I mean, it, it's hard to tell because the pictures don't quite clearly show what exactly he is, but pictures yeah. are ambiguous, man. We've talked about that in other, other podcasts as well. It's, it's hard to tell. Yeah, we basically got two photos here. One's one he's under a licking branch under a mock scrape, looking straight up. So you can just kind of see the profile of his rack relative to his ears and you know, I guess his neck and bottom jaw. And then the other picture, he's just walking out of the frame, so you can kind of see like half of his left side. Um again, like you just said, you can't can't tell a whole lot from it, but I can tell that he's not a one and a half and he's probably not a two and a half year old deer. So that's you know, that gives us something to go off of. Um, it's enough to so get yeah. excited, you know? Yeah, exactly. Which this is, you know, this is the interesting piece and then we'll move on. Cause we've got some stuff to talk about, but, um, what's interesting for me is uh, last year was the first year I got real serious about running cameras. And then that, that took another layer of, you know, I, I got even more serious this year. Um, but last year was the first time I actually even started running them and trying to figure out how to run cameras effectively. And it was right about this time, late August, early September, when I started getting buck pictures. Mm. Um, and, and I really didn't get any throughout the summer last year. Um, I got a really cool bachelor group in this exact same spot as the, this buck I just sent you uh, right now at the end of August last year. I think it was like August 30th. This is September 5th. And here he is on the mock scrape in the in the food plot. So I don't know. It's um, just kind of cool to see some historical data even though it's only one year's worth of data uh compared to what's happening this year so we'll see uh, i've got a lot more cameras that i'm running this year than i have in the years past and like i was just telling you i don't know if we clicked on before i started telling you or not but i'm gonna pick up a couple more tonight i think because there's a couple other good spots that i i need to i need to have some eyes so um but enough about the crickwoods we can talk more about that later um today's a big day for you buddy yeah it's a big day because uh, in, in terms of preparation, it's a big day for sure. Tomorrow's an even bigger day though. Yeah. So why don't you tell, um, real quick, tell, tell the listeners kind of what you're gearing up for. Like what, I, obviously, like you said, today's a big prep day, but just get it out in the open. You're going on your first hunt of the season. Where are you going? Um, wh you know, what, what, what are you doing? So, um, we've, we've said this in the past, but going down to Kentucky, um, and going to be just hunting public land, leaving tomorrow morning, and <laughs> I'm not as, as as prepared as I'd like to be. I had a an arrow um, dilemma, kind of last minute, really. Um, I really wanted to up my FOC on my arrows, and so what I did, I made the commitment to go to 150 grain tips like I really wanted to just I, I was using 125 so it's not that big of a difference but I, over the years I've it's a personal goal of mine to continue to perfect my arrows and 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 just learn more about it and um basically when I put these 150 grain tips on my arrows I was getting this real wonky um you know the arrows were not flying smooth they were you know kicking back and forth really bad and um so I took the I took my whole setup down to down to shoe packs, and the fellows down there, Mike Golian and Grant um, Ledworth, he Ledford, I'm sorry, um, 
they did a bunch of testing on my arrows and I got some new arrows that I really liked. I got some veins and fletchings put on that are different from what I was using last year. And yesterday I spent about two hours shooting my bow, really getting it dialed in at 20 and 30 yards. Like I'm deadly, like, you know, I'm not really worried about it, but, um, the site that I have is a spot hog. If anybody knows about these single pins that are adjustable, you got to pick a sight tape and, and that requires some, you know, diligence and um i I like to do it over like a a couple of day period right just so i can really calm myself and i know that it's not a you know maybe i was having a bad reaction or a bad flinch one day and then i go the next day and it's just not anywhere close i like to try and do it over a a few days so i'm feeling really confident and um i'm gonna finish it up today i I just gotta really decide which one of those sight tapes i'm gonna put on so kind of do some last minute stuff but um yeah, I'm I'm really excited to go down to Kentucky. Never hunted down there. Um I do I do have a few locations picked out on on Onyx, you know, just been doing e scouting like, you know, pretty much every night for a while. This is my first hunt. It's it's mid September and the season down there opens the first of September. So most of the bucks are out of velvet now. Um so I I kinda know some of the areas that I wanna target, but you know how it is like you look at you look at these maps you look at topography and you look at cricks and and river bottoms and um, swamp and you get there and it doesn't look anything like you think it does and I'm really preparing myself to just not get too caught up on the areas that I've picked out and just to go in and look around you know Um, look at the sign see what's going on there should be a, a fair amount of of rubs and areas where mature bucks are hanging out, right? Cause they're in the process of, you know, removing their velvet off their antlers. And I'm, I'm just really excited to get in there and, and walk around. Um, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick a tree necessarily and just set up unless it's really perfect. But, um, I got a ghillie suit. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited, Devin. I'm super excited for you. I actually I have to admit, for some reason, I was thinking that you hunted the same area last year, but um, that was Tennessee, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Tennessee. Yeah. So, so this is your first time in Kentucky then? That's correct. Um, what made you decide on the specific location you're going to? Like, did you, what sort of, obviously you, you just said you did some e-scouting and so forth, but um, in terms of like the public land opportunities that are in Kentucky, you know, what made you pick this, the, the area that you're going to? A number of different things. And that's a great question. Like Kentucky wasn't the first choice, to be honest with you. I really wanted to go, um, to Nebraska. Um, then I, I kind of switched gears and like, Oh, I'm going to go, um, to maybe North Dakota. I really wanted to p- have the potential to shoot a buck in velvet. That's kind of where I started really, um, with the early season mm-hmm. and just the wedding. I mean, we've had like six weddings we've had to go to in the last month. So, Unfortunately, I, I probably would have went earlier than this, you know, being mid-September. I would have gone the first thing, like, if if I didn't have other obligations. But that's kind of how it started was I'm trying to find a, a state that the season opens, um, you know, relatively early to give me opportunity to potentially shoot something in velvet. And then I just jumped states and finally landed on Kentucky. And um, it's funny, the, in a previous podcast, um, we, I interviewed – Joe Bufford, who's a Baptist, um, Hillcrest Baptist Church uh, pastor down in, down in that neck of the woods where I'm going to be going. And I gave him a call just to kind of feel him out on, 
you know, hey, what's the weather doing? Obviously, I can look up the weather online, but, you know, just calling somebody local and get the feel what's going on. And um, he said it's hot down there, man. He said it's real hot. It's just at that time of year where it's kind of autumn and um, at night it gets coolest. In the morning, it's coolest, going down about 60 degrees. And then midday, it's like up in 80, 85, 86 and, and even upwards of there. So I really don't know what to expect um, in terms of like mosquitoes and um, you know, the, he, he, um, Joe was mentioning, he's like, Hey, make sure you got snake boots. There's lots of snakes down there around the, the river bottoms and, and ponds and things like that. So, um, again, I'm kind of juggling. I, I didn't even think about that. You know what I mean? I wasn't thinking about snakes at all until he said that. So, um, I actually just got off the phone with first light because I have their gators and I'm like, uh-huh. I, I'm not wearing, I, I don't have any tall snake boots, you know, it's just not, not the kind of gear I have, but um, I have some gators and I'm thinking if I have long pants on and gators, there's no way the snakes are going to be able to get at me through that. And I call down there and, and, uh, one of the guys down there, Elliot answered the phone. I'm like, Hey, are these gators here, uh, snake resistant or snake proof? And he's like, they're not, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think he has to say that like, because oh, of course, yeah. Liability. Oh yeah, of course. But I don't know how long a snake's I'm I'm really not worried about snakes. I'm really not, but it, it does make sense if you're walking through a bunch of tall grass to have something to cover you up to your knees, you know. But yep. All right. Well, so I guess, like I said, I thought for some reason you you hunted Kentucky last year, but that was just a mental error on my part. But what time of year did you hunt Tennessee last year? It was similar time to this, I think. Um, okay. That that was a really fun hunt, and it wasn't as hot. I don't think it was near as hot as, as, as this year. It's pretty dry, you know, everywhere down, down South. But from, from my weather reporting, it, it's showing it's going to be every day. It's going to be in the upper to mid eighties. So that's going to play a whole effect on, you know, if I actually do get a deer down, how quickly I got to get it processed and in the cooler and get ice on it, you know, terrain wise, um, is the spot that you're going to this year going to be somewhat similar to what you hunted in Tennessee last year, or is it entirely different based on the research you've done? You said rain. Oh, sorry. Terrain, the terrain. Oh, it's going to be, I mean, I think it's going to be very different. I was hunting in Tennessee, very mountainous. And that was a challenge too. On that trip last year, I saw a bunch of elk. um, Mm -hmm. And it was like Dallas did with elk sign. It was like almost hard to, to, distinguish what was deer and what was elk but Mm -hmm. um that was one of the more fun hunts that i've ever had just because the the deer that i ended up taking it was a doe i didn't it was last day last morning last minutes of the hunt like i had to get out of there to get to a wedding and and um i did i stalked in on a on a whitetail doe and um that was a really fun hunt but it was very mountainous there that's what i remember it's very very mountainous very very thick timber um on all the slopes and things like that. So this is more ag country, right? You asked earlier what made me decide to, you know, to go to Kentucky and, um, I gave you more of a macro answer, but the micro answer to that is probably, uh, I'm, I'm really trying to find chunks of public that have decent, you know, corn, soybeans, alfalfa, and you can use the, you know, plug to our sponsor on X, you, you can use that, cropping data layer now where you can see last year's crop and by using your your brain you can figure out what's probably going to be there this year based on what it was last year 
Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I where I'm picking my more macro, um, where I'm going to target, where I'm going to go walk through. But the first couple of days, um, I'm going to be just driving around. You know what I mean? Driving around, walking in real quick, walking back out, and just checking out a bunch of different things and not getting too married to a certain piece. Um, but but just let it talk to me. You know, I'm I'm really excited. We I don't get to do that very much um, in the state of Michigan. It's it's really hard to get away from pressure here. And I don't know what it's going to be like down there in terms of pressure, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if there's a bunch of guys running around, but that's why I'm, I'm kind of targeting going midweek. I'm going to go midweek. I'm pretty excited because it's going to rain, um, two days. And I like rain. Like if you got the right gear, you can creep around, um, real good, you know, creep around be silent and I don't think many other hunters are going to be out in the rain. Onyx is the number one GPS hunting app on the market. If you don't have Onyx, I would highly consider trying a free trial where you can get access to all 50 states and all of the mapping features and tools. Onyx allows you to send waypoints to your buddies, see public and private boundary lines, and see where you stand in live time. It also has a new weather feature that allows you to track weather and wind so you can stay on top of your game. Literally, it's a no-brainer. If you go on your computer, not your mobile device, to onxmaps.com and use the promo code PAINTEDARROW, you will receive 20% off your Elite or Premium subscription. Know where you stand with Onyx. There's nothing I like doing more than hunting elk in the western states. One of the main challenges of hunting big game species in western states is actually getting a tag. Furthermore, it's actually understanding each state's drawing systems, which can seem like a chore to figure out for beginners. Go Hunt is a company that has figured out how to simplify this obstacle for basic folk like you and me. Go Hunt offers a subscription service called The Insider, which gives you access to the most accurate draw odds, species breakdowns, and strategy articles out there. Before I started using Go Hunt, I would spend hours filing through kill harvest reports and data sheets looking for a good unit to hunt in. And using The Insider has streamlined this process, making it easier and more efficient than ever before. This has allowed me to find a place to go hunt, hence the name. Visit GoHunt.com to find out more and to start a free trial with the Insider Subscription Service. Shupex Sporting Goods in Jackson, Michigan has been in the business of selling outdoor equipment for over 30 years. They have over 1,000 new and used guns and over 500 new bows for you to choose from. This family-owned and operated company goes above and beyond to make sure that you are taken care of when it comes to buying gear. Use the promo code PAINTEDARROW5 at the checkout and receive 5% off your entire purchase. Yes, that does include guns and bows, folks. Go down to Shoepex today. I was curious, so, like, you're going to roll into town. You mentioned you're going to do a little scouting before you really get super committed to one spot, but like, give me an idea of what your plan of attack is. So you, you, you told me you did some e-scouting. Um, you know, you landed on this spot for one reason or another. So you roll into town, let's say you've already identified based on some scouting, you know, boots on the ground, there, driving around where you want to go. What's your plan of attack? Like, are you going to go in and read sign? What style of hunting are you really trying to make work for you? Like what's your, what's your initial plan of attack? Obviously, whether it proves, you know, to work or not, you'll adjust accordingly, but 
initially, how are you planning to attack it? So like we, you and I both talk a lot about, um, like on our personal properties right now, mm-hmm. we, we, we see these bedding areas. It's, it's really been helpful to own my own property and to like view deer on a daily, daily basis. So my, my thought process is I'm going to be camping for my truck, right? I got, I'm going to throw everything in the back of my truck and I'm just going to be prepared for the ground setup. I'm going to have my saddle with me. I'll probably always wear my saddle into mm-hmm. the, you know, into the field just because it doesn't weigh that much. It's easy. Um, it doesn't really get in the way. It's not loud. Um, so I'm always going to have that probably. Um, but in terms of, you know, what I'm targeting and again, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna adjust and flow as, as I walk through things, but I'm going to try and locate bedding areas and food sources and try and get somewhere in the middle. That's kind of always been my general like starting point. Um, it's fairly easy to find, you know, where feed is happening. It's fairly, it's, it's fairly obvious sometimes walking through and finding bedding cause you do jump things out. And, um, but I'm, I'm going to be looking for the, the, the scrapes and the rubs where it's going to be like, okay, if, if this is a scrape, I'm, I'm hoping a, there's a bedding area nearby and maybe there's a staging area and maybe even further, there's a big chunk of ag um, that they're traveling to at, at night. And I'm just going to try and put myself somewhere in between where I feel like deer are frequent frequenting on an every night basis and just try and get in there. I, I'm, I'm thinking personally that I'm going to have the most, um, success in the evening just because I'll be able to be out there all day and glass and view and, and observe. But it, I don't know mornings. I just, it's always tough for me personally to get in somewhere quiet and get set up. Um, not to say that I'm not going to hunt in the morning. I'm def- I mean, I'm there to hunt and that's it. And I'm going to, I'm going to give it my all, but I just have this feeling that evenings are going to be more fruitful in terms of sightings and an opportunity. So. Well, it's really interesting to bring that up. That was one of the next things I was going to ask you. Like you hear a lot of guys talking about September tactics um, and that, you re- like you hear a lot of hardcore early September hunters talk about not hunting deer in the morning because in a lot of cases, the deer are still on their summer patterns, uh, feeding patterns and so forth. And so if you, you know, if you're committed to trying to hunt them in the morning and you're hunting anywhere near food, you could potentially blow a lot of those deer out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've also heard another line of thinking that says, if you're, if you're on a destination trip, you're making the most of, um, you know, your, your paid time off and so forth that you if, you, if you're committed to hunting the mornings, you need to hunt, try to hunt in the mornings away from the food and tighter to potentially bedding where they're going to be coming back to after feeding in the night yeah. and then have a, and then have a spot picked out where you're going to set up um, for the evening when they're coming out, you know, to food, but trying to have those two different locations um, far enough away from each other where you're not, you know, screwing up the setup at one spot or the other. Because like, like I said, a lot of what I've been, you know, reading this year and, and hearing and, and the content I've been consuming is, you know, people talk a lot about not hunting them in the mornings uh, when they're still on their summer patterns just because, you know, your ability or, or pot- potentially blowing them out of there. So I was kind of curious what your what your plan of attack was there. I, I've, I don't know. I feel like I've grown a ton in the last few years as a hunter and the old me, it's as crazy as it would sound like, I mean, 
I'm valuing the first day or two to like walk around. Like that's, 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 that's part of every out of state hunt that I do now. Like I add in the first day or two of driving around, walking around, um, not necessarily even hunting, but just looking like it's, it's so easy. Like I was just walking a piece of public here in Michigan, not too long ago, a couple weeks ago. And I remember, I think I was even calling you after and saying, it's a, it's incredible. Like a couple of years ago, I would have walked in and just set up cause that like, hey, it looked good. You know what I mean? It looks like deer. It looks very deery here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have really known what to like, like I, I'm going to look for sign. I'm going to look for I, my goal. If I could like what I really want to find, I want to find a scrape and a rub and I want to find velvet sitting on the bottom of that underneath a little tree or a little sycamore tree or an oak tree or um, something like that. I would love to find that. Or maybe some oak trees that are really producing heavy, a mass crop that I can, I can just see there's a ton of deer sign in there, a ton of turkey sign, um, game frequenting that area. Like that's what I, that's what I would love to find. Am I going to find it? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even, I've never really spent much time in Kentucky, so it's hard for me to tell you, but, um, there's, there's a lot of different ag just looking on the maps, um, you know, on and off the public, public and private land and, they got to eat, you know, and right now beans are real popular. You see deer out in the beans almost all the time. And I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, if I had a choice between hunting over beans and corn, I'm definitely going to be somewhere near the beans and, um, they got to eat and they got to sleep. So it's, it's a matter of just getting out there and looking and I'll probably have a much better idea after the first day. Oh, for sure. And then I think the other thing that you and I talk a lot about, um, is that we're both kind of on this evolution as a hunter and as a sportsman and, you know, somebody who spends a lot of time in the field. So one question I had was based on just different things that you learned and took away from all the hunting experiences you had last year, cause you killed your first elk, you, you know, you, you killed your first black bear. Um, you, you, but you've been hunting a lot of public, you've been spending time out West and, you know, traveling. So, I'm curious, like based on your experiences last year, what are some things that are there any, is there anything specific that you're looking forward to trying to employ this year um, as part of, you know, your evolution as a hunter, like maybe some lessons learned from last year or something that, you know, you took away from last year, like, man, I really can't wait to, to employ that next year. And I mean, this is, this is next year. You're, you're starting your 2021 season. Yeah. You know, Dev, you, you know me on a hunting level better than anybody. I mean, you just mm-hmm. know my experiences and we've just grown up around each other and we've hunted quite a bit together, but like last two years, the last two years of my, of my hunting, like I was living and breathing elk. Like I wanted to shoot an elk bad and mm-hmm. we like, that's all I, that's all I could think about. Like, elk tactics. I was just consuming and reading and, um, it was everything elk, you know, understanding elk better. And in a lot of ways that, um, I, I didn't, I'm not going to tell you that I took the deer season off cause that's just not the case. But like my mind going into September was not white tailed deer in Michigan. I mean, of, of course it was during the season when I got there, but I didn't have as many big plans as I did. Um, for myself as I did with elk. And so this year I'm, I'm, I'm geared, I'm geared to think whitetail and I'm geared to, uh, 
I'm geared to like put myself in a situation that it's, it's going to be hard not to see deer. You know, I, I'm not going to sit in one place. I'm, I think I learned that from elk hunting, which is a, I love the question that you just asked. Like, I think I learned a lot from last year in this, in the sense that with elk, I mean, what I learned, the, the, the single biggest, um, thing that I took away from the three years that I was chasing after a single bull, any legal bull, um, on public land without a guide, just DIY, pick a spot on public and hunt it. Right. The thing, the, the very most important thing that I learned was just be mobile and, and that never settle, like continue to put in miles and walk around and, and don't give up. Cause you never know when that, that opportunity is going to come. And I'm going to try and take that into Kentucky. I haven't done a whole bunch of, um, like th- this is a pretty significant trip. Like I'm going to be spending some, some good days there. Um, I'm not going for any other reason, but to hunt deer that that's it. That's it. And I'm going to be mobile and I'm going to, I'm going to look for sign and I'm going to do it to the best that I can. And hopefully we, hopefully I get a buck, man. That would be, that would just, that'd be such a great, great start to the season. It would take all the pressure off. And, um, honestly, I ain't going to be too choosy with, with what comes out. Like if I have an opportunity at, at a two year old and it tickles my fancy, I'm going to take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the beauty. And everybody's out there for their own reason. Like you said, um, you know, you got a lot of people have to take vacation time to do these hunts. And when it comes down to it, if, if it makes you happy to kill that deer, you kill that deer. And that's, that's what it is. So, um, how many days did you say you're hunting for? I'll actually be hunting for probably four and a half days. Okay. And that counts your days of scouting as well? No. I, I'm, okay. I, I'm, I'm not considering that first day. I'm, I'm going to drive. I'm literally going to drive around. I'm not even going to hunt. Um, there's within, I'm not going to give away my spot cause it just wouldn't be right. But the, the area that I'm going, um, there's like five, four or five different parcels of public land, WMAs within like an hour, you know, uh, I, I have two that I really like just looking at it and the others I'm, I'm going to keep in my back pocket, but I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm really trying to tell myself not to get caught up in, in what I think might, what I think I might like. I'm just going to walk it. I'm going to check it out and then make a, make a game time decision. Yeah. Let the sign tell you what to do. Um, what I got, a have got a good buddy that, um, that I work with that, that, um, is hunting Kentucky this year. He, he actually was successful and killed a buck. And, um, he was telling me, cause I've never hunted Kentucky either. He was telling me that a lot of the public land down there, um, the way that they manage it, like there's, there's food plots that they plant on the public land that you can go hunt. And mm-hmm. that's just so, that's so different than like something here in Michigan. Like that's just not, something we have here so i was really interested um to hear that you know there's ag fields that are literally farmed and planted for the purpose of people being able to go in and hunt it um is that some is that something similar to what you're seeing on the on the the piece that you're going as there is it like ag that's planted specifically on the public land for you know food plots for people to go hunt yeah. Yeah, for sure. They, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I often ponder that same thing where like you walk on a piece of public land down here and usually at these access and trailhead points, like there's, there's a sign that says, thank you to hunters and trappers for your 
license funds and, and donations. This is basically Hunter Dollar approved, and th- this is how this year was created. But what you see in Michigan is like CRP, tall grasses. Mm-hmm. You don't ever see food plots and cornfields and beans. And it's if you do, it's uh, to me, it, I, don't, I don't know, but it just seems random. It doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason to it. Whereas, like I said last year, in, um, not in Kentucky, in Tennessee when I was there, that's where I was hunting. Like, <laughs> it was so big. Like, the mountains in Tennessee, it, I, was, I was like, where do I start? So I started, like, looking for those specific WMAs that had, you know, some type of a food source. And that's very, mm-hmm. very similar to Kentucky. So, I'm, again, that's another learning point. Whereas in Michigan, you, you don't see a bunch of that. You don't you don't see Not on public. Yeah, not an alfalfa field. If you did, you'd have 100 hunters over it. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. So that's super different from what? you know, what we see up here. So I was just really interesting to me, but, um, yeah, man, I mean, I won't keep you too long. This is where we're about 30 minutes, I think, or so. Um, I know you're going to be doing updates for everybody kind of at the end of each day while you're hunting, but I thought it was important to do kind of a preview and just document where your mindset's at going into the hunt, help people kind of understand, um, what you're thinking going down there, because we both know that your experience is, in a lot of ways, it's going to be exactly what you think, and in a lot of ways, very different. So, uh, just to me, it's important and, and interesting to document what you're thinking right now before you get down there and actually get in the thick of it. Yeah, no, I'm super glad we did it. Um, this will be, this is going to be a big change too because I'm going to try and film it. Um, yep. This this is a whole new ball of wax for me. Um, been practicing, but it's just another. It's just so much gear. You're gear heavy and. I haven't quite figured out mm-hmm. how I'm exactly going to do it, but I'm just going to do it on the fly. But for sure, every night when I'm in the truck winding down, I'm going to take the podcast gear and just do a quick rundown of what happened that day, and, and I'll piece that all together to make that an episode so you can see what, what happens each day, and you'll get the fresh uh, memoir of what I'm thinking and all that. So I'm pretty excited. I did that last year, and I love that. It turned out pretty well, I thought. Yeah, that was cool. Um and yeah, you brought up a good point. I mean, this is, this is the first hunt of a very pivotal season in, you know, in the evolution of painted arrow. Um, you know, we're, we're focusing as everybody knows, uh, as of the revamp on really trying to bolster content. We, we really want to start bringing, bringing you guys some video content. And, you know, as far as team of painted arrow is concerned, this is our first, um, you know, the first hunt of the season of the 2021 season. So, um, although I'm not going with you, um, my anticipation is probably as high as yours is. I'm excited for you. Um, understand obviously the, like you said, the whole new ball of wax of trying to film and document is going to be, it adds a layer of complexity for sure. But, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited for you, man. Yeah. I wish you were going. Me too. Shouldn't have bought Me a house. Too. Shouldn't yeah. <laughs> redoing a house instead, but I'm, you know, and we'll do, I guess, tease this a little bit, but, uh, I'm really excited for our Wyoming trip too. So oh, we got some yeah. cool things lined up. This is it, man. This is the start of the season. I was on, you know, social media, you see all these bucks being taken and it gets you, it gets you fired up and it, it really, man, I'm, this is it. I'm real excited. So, yeah, I mean, just stepping out of my lunch hour to go check a camera and finally see a target buck you know on a mock scrape that's that's enough to get me fired up man <laughs> gets a, gets a, the wheels turning a little mm-hmm. all righty buddy well i can let you go and uh hopefully we have another good story to tell on the back end of this so 
I can't wait, man. Hey, make sure you go beyond the pursuit. Go beyond the pursuit. See ya. See ya, man.